0: I previously said that I am totally dependent upon the Lord for everything in life. And I believe in these days we need to get beyond where we have been so far. And there is a danger in the world that we live in that we want the Lord to come and sort our life out. We want the Lord to come and sort our world out. We want the Lord to come and deal with our issues and our pain and our problems. But we want it on our terms. And I want to tell you that that is no way that we can approach God and find Him to be an answer in that climate in our spirit and heart. Uh, If you try to live without God in this life, you will never make it work. Without you developing a relationship with God, it is like trying to ask a fish to live out of water. It will die. Turn to the neighbor next to you and say, Without Jesus, you are without hope. Uh, And secondly, I want to say, friends, that God created you. You are incredible. You are incredibly made. You are crafted in the image of God. And when he made you, he made you uh, with all his love and with all his glory and with all his life inside you. He made you absolutely perfect. Hallelujah. There was nothing missing. There was no emptiness. The, the, The character and the nature of the perfect, holy, Father, the perfect God who had made you was placed within you. You were absolute perfection. Turn to your neighbour and say you were perfect and one day you will be perfect again. Hallelujah. So God also created us actually with a specific need. And I think sometimes we miss this out when we talk about the God of our salvation. I think sometimes we fail to realise that until the nature and the character of God, until the Spirit of God is residing in me and flowing in my life above everything else, whatever I could be attracted to in the natural, whatever I could put my focus upon, unless the Lord Jesus is first on the throne of my heart and He is become my priority and everything that consumes me, I will fail to be the person God has called me to be. And there is something inside you that tells you that is absolutely true. Until you discover the Lord, until you come to him, until you find him, until he finds you and you pass your life over to him, then you are without hope and you will make one big mess of your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, how's your mess? Doing, (laughs) And I know this, that actually, until the nature and the character of God is being established in me, and I'm choosing my words carefully, because he who began a good work within me will bring it to completion, but the nature and the character of God being established in me. Oh yes, we carry it, but it's an ongoing process. But until he comes, I will feel empty, totally empty on the inside of my heart. I need the nature of the Lord to be in me. And friends, I want to tell you tonight, this morning, I've been up early. I want to tell you, The only way that God can bring his nature and character in you is to actually put his spirit in you. There is no other way. You cannot just think, I want to improve my life. I want to discover a purpose for my life. Until God puts his character, his nature, through his spirit in us, we have no way of becoming acceptable in the sight of God. And friends, God cannot put his character and nature in us until we come to Jesus and have our problem dealt with. Friends, the Bible says that you were made in his perfect image. It was sin that destroyed the perfection of God in us. If you're going to blame anybody, blame sin. Don't blame anybody else for our failure. Don't blame anybody else. Don't carry unforgiveness. And I'm going to touch on those things later in the week. But listen, friend, sin is your problem. But thanks be to God, there's an answer. Glory. Turn to your neighbour and say, there's an answer. So friends, we were made perfect and to live eternally. Turn to your neighbour and say, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Glory! <laughs> yes, you are. The question is where. We were made complete in Him. Isn't that wonderful? Do you think a perfect God could make anything imperfect? Ha! <laughs> Not a chance. His perfection was placed in you. Isn't that awesome? He didn't put his perfection in a monkey. It's you. We were made perfect in nature and character. We were made without corruption. We were made physically whole in full bodily health. We were made whole in mind. Hallelujah, isn't that great? Wonderful. The Bible teaches, doesn't it, that sin entered the world through one man. We are all born of his line and born in sin. And because of our sin, death came. Because of our sin, sickness, disease and corruption came. And we all fell, falling short, Of the glory of God. And it is impossible for us to come back into right relationship with God until the price is paid in full. I want to tell you every day I thank God for Jesus. Because without Him, I am without hope. And so, friends, this morning we are sitting here in the glory in the presence of God because of His mercy, His grace. And it's love. turned to your neighbor and say, do you realize you're sitting in the presence of a holy God? By the way, friend, feel at home because this is actually your natural habitat. You are not out of water. You, you, you are right where you're meant to be. Hallelujah. I can't understand people who have got down to church being fortnightly or every three weeks or something like that. That this is my natural habitat, being in the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord to dwell than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather just be. Someone who brushes up the carpet. Someone who, the menial task. There's no levels in here. I just want to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the promise of the Lord is we will live in the house of the Lord forever. So this is where I'm meant to be. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're sitting on the seat where you're meant to be. Hallelujah. So friends, we needed a Savior. Thank God for the perfection of Jesus. Thank God that he who knew no sin became sin for us. Thank God that because of his mercy and his love and his grace, he was willing to leave the throne of glory and come and pay the price that I could never pay myself. He was willing to come and and lay down his life in my place, take all my sin and mess and my hurt and pain and depression and fear and sickness and disease and lose me and set me free from the chains of sin and death. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus. Friends, I'm not going to apologize. You've come to hear a preacher. I'm not a talker. I believe that is by the preaching of the Word of God that people are loosed and set free. I believe there is a dimension that we have not yet even tasted with the power and the glory of God. I want that, don't you? I'm hungry for that, aren't you? Hallelujah. And maybe you've got used to me coming through because Dave and I are great friends and I love your leaders and I love this place. Maybe you've got used to me. Maybe you think, well, that will be nice. We'll get a little blessing. Pastor Paul's coming through. Oh, great. We'll have a great weekend. Would that be nice? (laughs) Friends, I haven't come to do that. I've been praying for weeks about coming here. And I wonder if we, over the next three days could journey together to a place we've never been. Hallelujah. In your walk with God. We needed a savior. And he came. Thank God. He himself stepped in to bring in eternal solution. I, I've got a son called Ben, he's 30 now. He's been like, he's built like a barn end. He's It makes me feel so small physically. But, you know, when he was four or five, uh, we walked to his, his nana and granddad's, Miriam and I, with him and uh, with our daughter, Rachel, is still in the push chair. And when we he would have been about four, something like that. And when we arrived at his granddad's home, they lived in a beautiful big home. And uh, you went through the house. Everything was very secure. You went through the house through the back door into a beautiful garden. It was, it was more like a park, you know, fantastic. And on this day, he ran through, my son, the doors opened, he pushed through, he ran through the hall, through the kitchen, out of the back door, out into this beautiful garden. And we heard him shout at the top of his voice, Jesus is the answer! <laughs> All the neighbors heard him. And you know, something leapt in my heart because out of the mouth of a child was the cry of truth. It was natural because my son had been brought up in a house where God is exalted, where Jesus is acknowledged. My son had been brought up in a place in the home where prayer was every day, where the word was open, and Midian and I walking with God. It was natural for my son to run out into a beautiful garden and say, Jesus is the answer. By the way, friends, I got rid of my stiff upper lip years ago. (laughs) I think Jesus wants you with all your enthusiasm and all your character and all your personality and all the fire of your spirit hallelujah turn to your neighbor and say how long have you been dead wake up <laughs> I was telling a joke to my friend precious friend Robert and Lorna and you know once I get a joke I don't know many jokes they soon go from my mind so I better tell you it quick and there's a little boy you've probably heard it, a little boy seven years old standing in the church foyer looking at a plaque And the pastor arrives for church and he watches the little boy for a while and then he goes on the duties to get ready for the service and he comes back into the foyer the little boy, seven, still looking at the black. And the pastor stands next to him and says, Are you all right, son? He says, Yes. What is this? That's the list of those who died in service. There's a big pause little boy says, was it the 8.30 or the (laughs) 10.30? A lot of us have died in service. Maybe you've been serving God with all your heart, with all your zeal, and with every ounce of energy and strength, and something happened, cut in, and robbed you of your zeal and your freedom, and your liberty, and your heart, I'm praying, God over these next few days, would you enable us to claim back the fire in our hearts? Friends, this message is about the fact that God wants you whole. Did you know that? God wants you whole on the inside. There are so many wounded people, so many broken hearts, so many broken spirits, so many broken homes. That is not what God has for you. God has something better for you. He's got the best for you. Years ago, I used to sing a beautiful song. I think it was one of A.A. A. Allen's theme tunes. He's the healer of broken hearts. He's the healer of broken hearts. And sometimes we are so slow to allow him to come and do just that, heal our hearts. So God wants us whole again what an amazing verse I've already quoted it that he who began a good work within you will bring it to completion until the day of Christ he will continue to work in us and that's a great word it means he will finish it means he will complete and what does that remind you of that wonderful word finished I can't read that verse without being reminded of the fact that when Jesus died upon the cross he said it is finished He's done everything. He's done absolutely everything necessary that you should be made whole. So how? His wholeness manifest in us. God restores to us everything that we lost. Hallelujah. And I think he's gone even further. Glory. He restores to us everything that we have lost. So firstly, friends, let's just look at what God restores to us. Firstly, he restores Restoration to wholeness involves receiving the gift of eternal life. There is something that happens in your heart when you know you belong to God. When you've given your life totally over to Him, something happens on the inside. You gain an assurance that you have received the gift of eternal life to be with Him forever. Isn't that wonderful? Friends, there's a great verse in the Bible we all know so well, don't we? Shall we read it together? Are you ready? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And you see that word there, believes If we dig deep into the background of that word and understand what it's saying, it means belief in the existence of Jesus and believe in what he has done. But we go a stage further because as part of that word, we know that the believer must confess his sin, confess his sin, and be made right with God. That's the way! That we accept the love of God. There is no other way. What a great verse that is in, uh, in Romans. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. He is risen from the dead. You shall be saved. Hallelujah. Friend, I want to tell you, that assurance of salvation, even since I was a small boy, has never left my heart. I know it. I know it. So God does not come just to improve your life and improve your world. We hear a lot about that in these days. God wants to radically save us and radically change us, transform us into the likeness of Jesus so that we can be with him forever in eternity. And then restoration of wholeness involves being complete in Christ. God wants us to be complete complete people. Friends, this is for Christians as well. Some Christians live the whole of their life waiting for God to do something extra. Well, he's finished it. He's done it. He's done everything necessary for you. You are complete in him. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you know the Lord, you're complete in him. How many Christians are striving and struggling and pushing through anxiety, fear? Oh, I'm not feeling too good today. The devil's been on me. Garbage! My Lord! What an amazing thing it is that Jesus said, It is finished. God wants to loose his people. Hallelujah. Release his people. God wants to set captives free, open prison doors so we walk out. Uh, from being chained and barren and depressed, held by fear, anxiety, turmoil, and all these things. Listen, these were the old man. Now the new man has arisen and we stand complete in him. Don't look to anything else for satisfaction in your heart. Did you know the only thing that will ever satisfy you, Christian? I'm addressing Christians as well today. The only thing that will ever satisfy is a living, vibrant relationship with Jesus. So, why do we look to so many other things? As a man, a young man at the age of 53, I've been talking with my son a lot and my girls, my two girls. My son, I was sitting in his home before I came away. I always go and spend at least an hour with every one of my children before I leave. Sitting in my son's home, we both had tears in our eyes as we looked at each other and we recognized life passes so fast. Last night I shared how the promise of the Lord is those for the sake of the gospel who leave families, children, land will go to a great reward and will know the blessing of God in this life. As we sat together, my son said, Dad, I just can't believe the piss. I can't believe where I'm at already with his, youngest, his oldest daughter now starting school. I said, son, you can't believe where you're at. I, you can't, I can't believe where I'm at. What stage are you at? I remember growing up as a little boy and watching my father and watching my uncles and watching godly men and women in my family and actually saying, I, I, re- I'd like- I want to be like that when I'm older. My Uncle Bob, real smart fellow with a bald head and a big nose. <laughs> 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 Full of Jesus. Whose is Jesus? When you're around him, you just know. Now I watched him. I said, Lord, I want to be like that. There's nothing wrong with that because Paul said imitate me. As long as the role model is really Jesus. How much progress are you really making? Are you improving your world or is Jesus transforming into the character and the nature of his son? Because wholeness involves completion in Jesus. Friends, you know, I have a pain in my heart for the church. Because I think we are squashing the move of the, God, of the Spirit. We want tidy church. We want it nice. I, I'm not there. I don't want that. I like it to be really messed up. <laughs> I, I don't mind sitting next to someone who stinks. Just a few weeks ago, Paul and I were ministering in a, in a church, I won't say where it was. I preached my heart out. And out to the front came a whole row of young people for Jesus. By the way, friend, if you've never come to the Lord in the way I'm talking about, before this meeting ends, I'm going to ask you to make a response. without any embarrassment. We're just used to people saying, Pastor, Pastor Paul, I need the Lord in my life. That's it. And we'll just simply help you to receive. I want you to know what you're doing. Because that's the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And I'll talk about that later. But here are all these young men, some of them with their hoods up, you know, you could only see a little bit. That's to do with hiding, you know that, don't you? And as I went towards this young man, I could tell that he'd probably not had a bath for about six months. And there I am, trying to be as slick as I can. (laughs) Do you know what the Lord said to me? He said, Go and give that man a great big hug. I went over to this young boy, I put put my arms around him, and he wept like a baby. I was told a few things about his background. Later, I said, No wonder. He was gloriously saved. Gloriously saved. You may well have been involved in church all your life. I think over here you've had enough church. System will never save you. Denomination will never save you. Being part of something with a big title that's been from generation to generation never save you. I want to tell you, you need Jesus. Not only for this life, but to ensure you'll be with him forever in glory. That's amazing. Even to be able to tell you is amazing. And that's all I've come for. To ask you to open your heart and your life to God. This is point number two, I've got six. Suddenly a a low spirit came over you there, didn't it? (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) rush. Glory to God. (laughs) I could see it. (laughs) Amen. Restoration to wholeness involves perfection in nature and character. Friends, it just makes sense, doesn't it? I just love the Bible. It just makes sense, doesn't it? It just fits in just right. We can understand that if our lower nature was destroyed by sin, we need a new nature, perfected again. And that's what Jesus comes to do. Romans teaches us, Romans 8, we used to be controlled by our desires And the deceit of the lower nature and the passions of the flesh. But now we are controlled by the Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, is the Spirit really in control? Then number four, and this might be an unusual unusual point to put in, but I I feel it's right to talk about this. Restoration to wholeness involves release from corruption. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Release from corruption. There are two things. There are two elements here that I just want to stress. Firstly, we are set free from corruption whilst we are still in the body. Amen. One day we'll leave the body and that will be another release from corruption. But the Bible says that we have been so transformed by the holiness and the righteousness of Christ that we are no longer corrupt. Hallelujah. Here's a great verse. Ephesians 4 coming up on the screen here shall we read this together I'm talking about your life right now if you know God are you ready you were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to may be new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness Woo! Glory, isn't that wonderful? What a challenge. You know there's something that you have to do that God can't do for you. There's something to put off and there's something to put on. You've got to cooperate with God. You've got to cooperate with God. When we are resisting God, We are cooperating with the very enemy that wants to destroy us and keep us out of the glory of heaven. When we cooperate with God, then we are engaging with him, his word and spirit, so that we can continue to walk in righteousness and holiness. And then, of course, the other Uh, Release of corruption is when we discard the physical body and we receive a glorified body. I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, one day I'm going to leave this shell behind. (laughs) Hallelujah. Discard it. It will be transformed. Oh, hallelujah. You know what I always say? I'm going to meet him in the air with a full head of hair. (laughs) my wife says I like you just as you are but no when she sees the glorified version oh oh tell you (laughs) glory to God did you know that Jesus did not suffer decay even though he died why Because there was no corruption in his physical body. He had the power of an indestructible life. There was no sin in himself. He became sin. Our sin was laid on him. But he was sinless. No corruption. There was never a day when Jesus was sick. He possessed divine health. And he walked in that. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. I love reading about Jesus, don't you? What a revelation. And then, five, I told you we're moving fast. Suddenly, hope has entered your heart. (laughs) Glory. Woo! Restoration to wholeness involves. Physical healing. I make no apology today. I believe that the same God who saves is the same God who still heals today. Healing in the spirit. Healing in the soul. Healing in the mind. And healing in the physical body. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, God does not want you sick. I do not believe that. Any sickness comes from God. I do not believe there is any glory in sickness. I believe the glory comes when we are healed. Hallelujah. I believe in the healing power of the risen Christ. And I want to tell you, friend, listen, with all the myriad of questions, and I understand that. Listen, I've walked through it. I'm not just an itinerant pastor who blasts in and blasts out. I walk through the family who is suffering the pain. I weep with those who weep, but I rejoice with those who rejoice. Pastor Dave and I connect big time on this because we have to grapple with the major questions that we sometimes still can't answer. And they are there. So whilst I know that God is a healing God, I want to be transparent and honest with you and say, I still have my questions. But what do I do with that? Do I allow it to rob me of faith? Do I allow it to create unbelief? Do I adjust my theology down to accommodate my doubt and fear? Or do I allow the nature and the character of God within me to raise me to the level where I can yet see the miracle working hand of God in situations where it is absolutely needed? That's where I am. When you've held a child, as they've drawn their last breaths. When you've held a 43-year-old woman riddled with cancer, while a boyfriend lies on her chest and saying, why? When previously, the day before, without any legal presence, you've married them in the presence of God. Are you allowed to do that? I'm not bothered. (laughs) I'm not bothered one bit. (laughs) There's a higher law here. The sooner we as the church realise that we live by a higher law, the sooner we will realise the authority we carry. I can't understand Christians who are depressed with their life. Now I've really upset you. You see, I don't accept depression as a chemical imbalance. I believe it's a spirit. Man will always put a diagnosis on something he hasn't got an answer for. And you can make it as scientific and medical as you want it to be. But then they did that with evolution. And I don't believe that either. Friend, don't you accept your lowness of spirit? Rebuke it and refuse it and be released and delivered in the name of Jesus. You say, Pastor, that's rather simplistic. I'm a bit more complicated than that. Don't you know that the God who made you knows how complicated you are? (laughs) I tell you. And that even goes for the women as well, Dave. By the way, I find some fellas far more complicated than women. Because with a woman, the transparency of heart and, and openness is often greater in the woman than the man. They often seem far more receptive to the things of the Spirit than fellas. Because fellas have got to have a stiff upper lip and keep it together. God set me free from having to prove as a man I've got it sorted. Actually, I was far from having it sorted. Oh, very successful in life. At the age of 24, I owned three companies. Came from Nothing. I haven't got it now. (laughs) And I thank the Lord. There's a higher treasure. But to come to the realization that actually my wholeness will never come from me having it together. It'll actually come when I realize I haven't and I throw myself totally Upon the mercy and the grace and the love of God. He's the one who strengthens us. So friends, let me remind you of that great truth. He took our infirmities. He carried our disease, our sorrows, our affliction. Our sin and punishment was put upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. Why am I saying that? Simply this. If you've stopped believing for your healing, start again. If you've stopped expecting God to heal you, set you free, uh, lift up your heart again, lift up your eyes again and begin to believe that God can and will heal. And then number six, restoration to wholeness includes the mind includes the mind. In this age of stress and pressure, don't you think it is a clear tactic of the enemy to wear you out and drain you out of all energy to be able to put into your spiritual life and relationship with God? In this age when many are sick, Because of trouble in the mind, let us remember the God who created the mind with ability, capability to think, evaluate, capability of learning at this incredible level that we have, knows how to renew the mind. Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Peace. Peace I leave with you, not as the world. He doesn't give it and take it away. He has given us peace. I think we need a new mind, healed, whole, to live in the peace of God. The natural mind cannot even perceive. The things of God. The things of God are hostile to the natural mind. That's why we need to have a new mind. So friends, as we come to a close today, how wonderful it is that God restores the broken image and makes us whole again. Let his completed work come alive in you today. Closing friend, God has done everything necessary to make you whole. And God is willing and able to move by the power of his spirit and make you whole. My question is, has your relationship with Jesus started? Have you begun, even begun your journey? Have you even begun? Because God doesn't want to improve your life. Firstly, he wants to save you from your sin. Secondly, he wants to set you free. And thirdly, He wants to heal you and make you whole. Let's bow our heads. Father, as we draw to a close in this service, we need to take the time to respond to You, Lord. You've spoken clearly. Sometimes a word from God's not easy to receive. Especially if it treads on our toes with opinions and views we hold. Father, may every strong view and opinion bow down in these moments to your revelation. Have mercy on us, Lord. Forgive us, cleanse us, restore us, renew us, and make us whole. We confess our need of you. Friend, if you've never actually said, Lord, I really need you. Forgive me for my sin. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. And rising from the dead, I believe today and receive your mercy and cleansing. I want to be with you forever. Would you come and bring this new life that I've been hearing about today? If you want to say that, would you just either look up at me and let me know or pop your hand in the air or something like that, just so that I know. Are you saying yes to that, my love? Wonderful. Praise the Lord. I knew when I met you in the foyer You were coming to Jesus today. I could have told you. Anybody else? Maybe you just want to put your hand in the air and be really bold and say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus today. Maybe you've been far away from the Lord and you're just saying, Pastor Paul, I need to get right back where I should be. If that's where you are, just... Let me know. God bless you, sir. That's wonderful. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together, shall we? And especially with the lady who has made a decision for the Lord. Helen. Let me tell you, Helen. Helen Bell, my precious friend. It was your lovely, precious lady you brought with you. Has raised a hand to Jesus today. Would you like to put your hand around her as we pray? Hallelujah. Shall we all pray out loud together with no embarrassment? Father, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. we thank you for your mercy, for your your grace and your love. love. Thank you for the power of the cross. I confess my need of you. you. I know that you paid the price for my sin. sin. And I confess now you as my Savior and Lord. Lord. I also publicly say say that I believe you are risen from the dead and dead and and you are Lord. Now, Lord, I surrender every part of me the whole of my being, the whole of my life, over to you. I want to be a follower of you. Now, Lord, put your character in me. Put your nature in me. By your Spirit, come and live inside me. Empower me, Lord, to live this brand new life. My old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Let me live it for your glory. Thank you, Lord, I can see. I have received the gift of eternal life. I trust you. Put my faith in you for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. My hope and prayer is that you will be able to be with us tonight.